Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. And uh, we do have a prayer and fasting calendar posted on Facebook. So for the month of March, sign up and uh, let's, uh, let's pray and uh, thank God for that. Amen, amen, amen. All right, we're going to call your attention to the book of Genesis chapter 14, reading the first half. Second Peter 2, 7 and 8. Hallelujah. Here we go. It says, uh, And they took Lot, Abraham's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom, and his goods, and came and departed. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. It's talking about how God has the power to deliver his people. He also has the power to bring about calamity on those that refuse to follow him. And I think that's the hidden mystery of the enemy. <laughs> but he says, Peter says, and deliver just Lot, that's with the filthy conversation of the wicked, For that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing in him vexed his righteous soul when they that go wickedly among the wicked dwell. In other words, he's talking about Lot had a dependent environment that got out of hand. And every day his faith with what was going on in his hope we take our place in that
and God bless you. You may be seated. Their songs in the body of Christ without being uncomfortable. Come to the house of the Lord. Worship God in the house. Then all of a sudden, there are missiles and bombs going off on the outside of your house. And hundreds of thousands trying to make their way out of their tent to find shelter and peace. Today, how many how many how many men here today are between eighteen and sixty? Raise your hand. If you're in training and you have any choice of leaving, they will they will give you a gun. And how many of you have children here today? How many of you have a spouse? How many husbands? How many of your wives are here today and have children? You will escort them to a place of safety at the border of Romania or Poland. And there you will pray with them and hope that they will find shelter and food and clothing on on that safe side of the border. And then you will walk away and leave them, not knowing that you will ever see them again. Now, Sister Amy, could you deal with that? Brother John, could you deal with that? Brother Jeff, Dick, could you deal with that? And according to the Society of International Law, There have been only 268 years of peace during the past 4,000 years of history. Despite the signing of more than 8,000 peace treaties. Back after World War II, the UN was established, United Nations, and the purpose of this body of nations was to maintain international peace and security to develop friendly relations among other nations and promote promote social progress, better living standards, and human rights. Brother Cliff, if you would put that up there. And the UN actually has a scripture from Isaiah and also Micah engraved in a stone wall on the UN probably can't read it from there, but here's what it says. This this international effort, which right now today is 192 or 193, and it says part of the wall, part of the foundation, part of the, 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 the
And it shall come to pass in the last days, Isaiah and Micah, they write, that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow into it. Many people shall go and say, come ye, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us his way and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word from the Lord from Jerusalem. And he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. One translation reads like this, The Lord will teach us his law from Jerusalem, and we will obey him. He will settle arguments between distant and powerful nations. They will pound their swords and their spears into rakes and shovels, and they will never again make war or attack one another. I don't have time to stand here. addition to that, there's the, that also was a good connection to the pretty wild, wasn't it? And of course, there have been numerous, numerous comments that uh, people use to mock me against one of the figures that recorded in the Bible. Nevertheless, I'll go there and we will talk a little bit more about the meaning of the word. But you may or may not know that the first war recorded in the Bible is found in Genesis 14, verses 1 and 2. We're told in verse 1 that there are four kings that made war with another group of five kings. This war, first time war is ever mentioned in the Bible, first time it's recorded in the Bible. There may have been other conflicts. We don't know, but this is the first one the Bible records because it is very, very important that we can learn from it. It involves geographically four kingdoms of the east going to war against five kingdoms of the west. Back in verse number one, Scripture uses the term, the king by the name of title, king of nations. This would involve king of Shinar, which would become the future empire of Babylon. It would also involve Elam, a son of Sham, Noah's son, which would later grow into the Persian empire. Also other kings that would evolve into the Palestinians. Verse 5, we're told the nations that adjoined King Shadalamar actually took on the Rephim, which were the giants of the land. This was no minor skirmish, if you will. They were going in and they were taking on the Rephim, the giants, and they were conquering them. This would be the 
defense of nations involving the first international war, if you will. In the ensuing battle, we read in verse 14, and they took Lot, Abraham's brother's son, who had moved, we know, into the city of Sodom. And we don't have the details of all of the preliminaries that brought him to this place in his life. But the next verse tells us that during the battle, someone escaped and tells Abraham, the Hebrew first time we ever hear that word mentioned in the Bible. It says someone escaped and they go to Abraham the Hebrew. This is the first time Abraham is called the Hebrew. And that word, the root of that word means to cross over or to pass through. I think it would be safe to say that everything that happens in the affairs of men ultimately passes through the covenant people. There's nothing that, that takes place in this world without going through first God's covenant people. That is you and me. We are the church of the Most High God. We are the covenant people by the blood of Jesus Christ. Nothing takes place in this world without you and me of a full knowledge of where we're at and what's going on in this world and where our future is headed. through the covenant people and the land of promise. Verse 14, when Abraham heard his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained servants, 318, and he pursued them. Trained men only occurs here one time in Scripture. The root word of trained men here is used to refer to buildings that have been dedicated to the Lord, which is the same root word used in Proverbs 22.6. Train up a child in the way he should go. The idea of training, preparing, dedication, help to explain the way our children and our lives, the way that we can find divine direction and courage and victory in our lives. Abraham's 318 trained men, dedicated men. They take off in pursuit of four kings, four kingdoms, four nations who had just defeated five other kingdoms or nations. Pretty big slice of pie to take home. Abraham is in his early 80s at this point. Why would anyone attempt such a rescue? There is a war going on in the heat of battle. Our spiritual sight may get lost in the fire and in the smoke, but the real battle going on in our city, in our nation, in our world, in our story, it, in all of war, in all of combat, it, it is the battle for your eternal soul. Abraham is committed to saving Lot, his brother. 
ye is willing to go up against four kings very likely exceeding in my low estimate number of over 10,000 soldiers. He is willing to travel a total distance of between 240 and 340 miles to rescue us. 318 trained, dedicated unto God, willing to pursue for 300 miles on camelback, if you will, in order to rescue his 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 brother's son also. Hallelujah. We're going to invite the message here somewhere along the line. I believe that there is something that Abraham got a hold of because he is the father of the faithful. Everything everything has passed through this man's faith. An underlying lesson here somewhere along the line of Abraham's relationship with a God that had simply called him out of a, a place of false deities and false gods. He had no written word that he could go by. He had to travel by faith and the promise that what he had heard from God was Abraham, I'm going to bless you, son. I'm going to make a nation out of you. I'm going to build a nation, and I'm going to give you the promised land. Somewhere along the line, I am convinced that through his travels to get to where he was, losing his father in Tehran and so on and so forth, and uh, having to take life. He understood the value of a human life. He understood that a human life was not just mere physical, but there was an eternal soul that he was responsible for. is being driven by personal ambition. He inspires to be the ruler over other men, making them his instruments to promote himself to universal dominion. And he leaves behind destruction and misery. This first mention of war in our sacred writings is simply a blueprint for the thousands of wars since. When you consider the mention of Babylon, Persia, and Palestine, you can see from the beginning of war, it was going to have a global, international impact. One of the worst things concerning war is that men waste most of their talents and energy in neutralizing each other. smoke and the flames of this war that was taking place in Abraham's day and taking place in our day. If we're not careful, we lose sight of we can't see through the fog and through the smoke and the fire that everyone is 
those people, every one of the people in the world, they have an eternal soul. city nation of Sodom represents the very souls like Lot who became captured because of the bad choices we make, giving in to the temptation of the Las Vegas lifestyle. Thank you, Brother Jeff. Thank you, Brother Jeff. Listen, Lot became his own worst enemy because he looked at something that he thought was going to bring fulfillment and prosperity to his life. And instead, it turned out to captive him and hold him hostage. That's what the world has planned. That's what the adversary has planned. Jesus said it best. The devil comes to kill and destroy. He says, but I have come to give you life and to give you life more abundantly. It was during the time of contention over having too many herds, too much material blessings, that Abraham, who represents faith and promise, instead of aligning himself with Abraham, Lot pitched his tent toward the fertile plains of the world, ultimately drawing him drawing him into that environment. And finally, we find ourselves held in captivity. Listen again to Jesus. And if he rescued righteous Lot, who was tormented by the immoral conduct of the unprincipled and ungodly men, for that just man, while living among them, felt his righteous soul tormented day by day by what he saw and what he heard of the lawless acts. I don't know about you. I think we need to feel a little bit of that today. I think we need to be moved a little bit today. I think we need recently to, to, to dedicate our conversations a little bit deeper though to, we need to dig up that shallow ground a little bit we need to cast our ships uh, off into the deep seas uh, of the uh, of God's grace and mercy we need to feel a little bit uh, maybe not for yourself uh, but we need to feel that vexation uh, of what your children feel uh, and what your grandchildren feel and what your schoolmates feel Jesus told us in John 17, 16, I do not ask that you would take them out of the world, but that you would keep and protect them from the lawless evil one. 1 John 2, 2.10, Jesus admitted that love not the world or the things in the world. talking the other day, I think I was talking to somebody just yesterday, and we were talking about how that God has so richly blessed my life. 
you are looking at a couple cascading down the road, that you will not find somebody that has been blessed more than we have. And yet, we are not rich in material goods. We have everything that we need. But my wealth comes from my knowledge and the grace and the mercy and the salvation of the one who gives me life more abundantly. Abraham will go to war to save Lot. Amen. When should 10,000 is a low number it goes up to over 100,000 in different countries. I lowball it. Is it possible Abraham being the father of the prophets and the father of the prophets had an idea of a guy who could serve? Jesus said, more than all of them. So Abraham pursued, the Bible says, he smote the enemy and he pursued him again until finally we're told that he brought back all of the goods, his brother Lot, his goods, the women also, and all of the people that the adversary had taken captive out of that place called Sodom. Abraham went out. He took on 10,000 soldiers and defeated them. safely delivered into his hand. You and I cannot imagine, or maybe we can, if you like me and some of you were held captive by the adversary when there was a fierce war going on for your soul. And you were caught up in the affairs of the world. You were attracted to the drugs and the alcohol and the addictions of this world. But there was somebody that was faithful, and they came knocking at your door, and they were not willing to allow you to remain that way. So Abraham pursued him again. Finally, there was one that was faithful. The Bible tells us that as Abraham the king of Sodom goes after Egypt. Let me say quickly. Oh, but if you got to think about it, there is so much in that 14th chapter that there is no way that I, I just can't grasp it all. But Sodom goes out, the king of Sodom goes out to meet Abraham and to go congratulate him and thank him for his recovery of all of the people and the goods. figures in all of the world probably in the same scripture that one after outstepped another king. He's called Metazadek, the Bible says. He's the king of Salem. And if you go into the book of Genesis or Judah, whichever one, it says he has no beginning. He has no end. 
He has no ancestry. He don't got no mama. He don't got no daddy. Melchizedek means that he's the king of righteousness. And he comes out, he's the king of Salem, which will later become Jerusalem. He is the king of peace and righteousness. The Bible says that Adam was on that side of the garden and Melchizedek that he walked out. The Bible tells us that, that he brings... Uh, he brings to uh, Abraham, it says that he brings him bread and wine. There's so much into that that I'm, I, I don't have the time to, to spend on it. But you and I know what that bread and wine represents. It represents the Old Testament. Jesus said, I will not drink this again until I drink it in that new Jerusalem and you will be a part of my kingdom, a kingdom of peace and righteousness and a place where there is no war, there is no death, there is no murder. There's no sickness. The sun never He places the bread and the wine to him. And he says, Blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he, and he gave Abraham, and uh, I'm sorry, and Abraham gave him the tithes of all. if that's where Abraham's grandson Jacob where he gets his brow and he, he wakes up and he realizes them in the presence of God and he makes a vow and he says hey God you take care of me I'll give you a tenth of everything that comes in that's, it's, that's, that tithing came that, that came came in the very beginning of the words that have been handed down to us that are so thick, it came from the spoils of taking away from Israel. Check it out. Every time David wanted to build that warehouses that he filled with the gold of the spoils. Why? Because he was going to hand it down to Solomon to build the first Glory of God. Really, we're taking away the spoils, the, the gold and the silver from the adversary, and we are saying, hey, watch what I'm going to do with what you think that you own. I'm going to help God build his kingdom.
37 describes Melchizedek as the king of righteousness in Jerusalem, which is king of peace. Without father and mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor the end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, a priest who abides forever, a foreshadow of Jesus Christ, our high priest, who lives forever, making intercession for the saints. But at the end of the day, when I have fought my battle, when you have fought and you have persevered, I am here to tell you today that the end of your battle every day, Jesus Christ, he has waiting for you the manna and the Holy Ghost refreshing outpouring that you need to get you through another battle the next day. got you here. Thank you for taking the burden of rescuing my soul. And the king, listen to this, and the king of Sodom said unto Abraham, give me the persons and take the persons. I baptize Abraham. The pulpit commentary translates, give me the persons and the people. The king of Sodom said, give me the soul and take the soul. He just wants to go. He just wants to bite you with this world's good. And the end, all he really, what he really wants is lest you should say, I have made Abraham your sacrifice. I have given him a great victory, and he knew it, and he was not going to give one ounce, nor was he to take, he was not going to take a thread away from giving God all of the glory that he deserved. to help you in bringing your kingdom of peace and righteousness and joy to this world. God is the increase in himself. Abraham learned through experience that God would honor his faith that would overcome the enemy and it would be God that would give him victory at the end. Maybe this is the story Joshua got his inspiration from as he writes in Joshua 23, 9 and 10. He says, I'm telling you, church, he says, one of you are going to be able to put a thousand to flight. 
20, Psalm 20 and verse 7, and Gideon was a man that knew what he was talking about. He said, some men trust in horses, some men trust in chariots, but not me. He says, I will remember the name of the Lord my God. David's the one that told Goliath, and nobody thought that he could possibly take on that challenge that he had created. David was the one that he did not, he was not intimidated because of what was going on in his day of the entire Israeli army hiding in the ditch for 40 days. He said, just turn me loose. sword and his shield. He said, but I come to you in the name of the Lord my God. The battle for the soul of Lot was not in vain. Three defeats by a mistake. Lot should have been dead. should have learned our lesson. God saved him. Well, where are you going to go now? Well, you know, I'd like to go with you, but I can't go. Abraham's intercessory prayer. I'm just wondering if the number that he stopped uh, wasn't somehow connected with the numbers uh, when he met the foreshadow of the Lord in the end of that day of battle, and he gave 10% of, of the spoils of the war. I wonder if there was something there that prompted him to stop there. We don't know, but what we do know was that, that everything Everything, all current world events, they pass through the arm of the covenant people. God said, how can I hide this thing from you, church? How can I hide what I'm about ready to unleash on you? He says, I won't do that. He says, Abraham, because I know you're not only my friend, but listen to the words here, and I won't quote them correctly, but he says, because I know that you will pass this on to your children. The Lord said, move on judgment day. Until he brought it to fruition, he cut the cable. He says, I can't hide who you're working with. I can't hide who you're working with. I'm working with Abraham. I won't.
allow you to assert that I would be willing to take that life of a human form of a body of a man and I will fight and I will make provisions to save you. In verse number 22, chapter number 1, as the Lord explained to Abraham what he was about ready to do, he was going to go to Sodom, and if things were as what he expected, he was going to intercession for the world, I'm here to remind you that there are people that need to be saved. He says, what is your reward? Ten. God's 
in the same message is <laughs> Jesus is coming Savior nothing else he does speak he is the Savior he is the King message wise and then we got to get out of here you got to you have got to leave the peace of home you need to get out But he made peace. The only ones that he could convince of his peace are thousands who are dead. Oh, you got to be careful. You got to be the bearer of the soul of man. The Bible says that those angels flew over the seas of Christ and they grabbed a hold of Lot's hand and they Never give up. God can speak right into the most ungodly environment that your family or your loved one or your friend, wherever they live today, God can reach right into them and pull them out of that place. Jesus never gave up on sinners. Ever. He'll bring you back out of the pit. Would you stand?
be saved and make it through healthily today so that you can hear the sound of that trumpet and you will experience the rapture reopen this altar we challenge you we ask that you will all come just give your heart to the Lord here you know call out on his name and come this couple right here they need special prayer and they're asking that we would anoint them but it's potent would you get that oil and would you come up front we're going to pray they have a, a, a very urgent need and They've asked for a special prayer. Brother Jeff, and come on, some of these, come on, come on. Brother 